Hey, Jara, how are you? Hey, Karen, I'm good. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> We're super good at non-awkward introductions, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> So today is a special episode. We are experimenting with different episode types. And this week, you and I are going to be talking about violence in erotica. Yes, yes, we are. Rachel introduced us to somebody that became one of Karen's new favorite authors who writes romance and erotica. And you've been binging on her work, right? Oh, my God. And like the most embarrassing way. So Katrina Jackson, who we interviewed for season one, we will link to that episode. Princess and I talked to Katrina and very rapidly decided that we're all going to be best friends. And Katrina was incredibly generous with her time because we were having tech issues. I always mention that. And she talked specifically around the story that she has, the book that she has that has done the best called Pink Slip. And there's this whole series built around the characters in it. And the center of Pink Slip is this polyamorous triad. And I, on New Year's Day, had a revelation that I could do whatever I want because it was a holiday. Uh-huh. <laughs> and just sat and binged. Oh my God. And like, like I said, the most embarrassing way, there are, I believe, six Pink Slip books and I'm pretty far into them. Wow. So what are the books about? What's the series about besides the triad? (laughs) Besides the polyamorous triad. I love them so much. So it's the spies who loved her series and kind of the central characters are this married couple, cis this woman who are spies and they have an assistant who lusts after them and they lust after her and hilarity ensues. And what I enjoy about these books is that there's the through line, that cup, that triad, I should say, is kind of the through line of all the books, but the book's characters all change. The kind of point of view and who the books are looking at changes over the course of them. So I, you get to know all of these different characters. Now, what surprised you about the erotic components of the book? Well, I think that everyone, and I've talked about this, I think with y'all, like, Everyone is horny all the time. These are the most lusty. Everybody's lusting after everyone. And she just builds this world that makes that super believable. Like, of course, these spies lust after their assistant. Like, of course, they, like, have to go on to sex clubs for their mission, right? Like, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that did surprise me that it all just felt, like, super believable. Like, oh, yes. No, that's totally, totally makes sense. Right. Okay, so that's my Katrina Jackson current obsession. And so, Jara, all right, let's talk about your, <laughs> let's do our, let's talk, let's talk about you for a second. Like, so, Salika Snyder is the author that you wanted to talk about for this episode. Yes. So, once again, it's a Best Women's Erotica of the Year hookup, a Chicago author that I found out through the anthology, Salika Snyder is an Indian American writer of romance and erotica. And we also, Princess and I also interviewed her for season one about her various projects, but also then being an Indian American writer and how to create authentic characters. But she had the new book coming out that I recently reviewed for Rebellious Magazine called Big Bad Wolf. And it is the first of a series of paranormal romance featuring a Indian American lawyer consultant person and this 
werewolf or a wolf shifter that's been charged with murder. And they, of course, fall for each other. And then they have to go on the run because the mafia that Joe Peluso, the main male love interest, he murdered some of the people in the, the mafia outfit. And so they're now they're out to get him. And one of, like, I love rough sex and there's a lot of rough sex in this, but there's also, because it's a paranormal romance, like you're romanticizing werewolves and vampires and flirting with the danger that these characters possess. And I think that related a little bit to what you were reading, right? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's different in the sense that the violence isn't sexualized necessarily in Katrina Jackson's books. Um, I want to put a pin in that for a second and just say, so Princess and I also interviewed Raven Velasco recently. Oh yeah, we have this whole Um, history now. Right, exactly. I know. Oh my God, which I love. Um, (laughs) And we love Raven. Raven, we hope you're listening. We just adore you. And, you know, Raven had such amazing things to say about vampires are overtly sexual like mm-hmm. all of the lore around them like why would you read a vampire story that's not that doesn't right. have a ton of sex in it right so yeah. I feel like there is also there's that like if you're like you said with paranormal romance and stories there is that piece of it that those creatures were created to allow people to talk about sex without talking about sex yeah so with big bad wolf I would say that the the people are eroticized in a way or the characters are eroticized in a way. I don't know if always the violence is. And part of what I really loved about Salika's novel is that the the characters really struggle with like, how can I fall for somebody who's a murderer? Or how can I fall for a veteran that's in war killed people like me? And there's this tension between like what your body feels, whether you should forgive somebody what it means to love somebody with a past. It got really deep, you know, but there was also rough sex and not necessarily werewolf sex, but I think there was an acknowledgement anyway that uh, sex and sexual attention can have a violent component to it. Mm-hmm. And in Katrina's books, it's interesting because the element of violence, there's this... Um, there there are trigger warnings at the beginning, like on the one of the first pages of the book, right, to warn you, like, um, and they say things like uh, violence, comma, beheading. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, oh okay. Right. <laughs> right. But then it just immediately launches into this, like, great, really erotic story. And I will admit that I immediately forgot about the trigger warnings. What are you talking about? Yeah. And right. So then got to these scenes where these spies are doing horrible, violent things to each other, which is like, oh, that's right. There's like an actual, you know, there are all of these things happening outside of these like love and sex stories that of course require violence. Of course they're assassins or of course they're, you know, participating in all this, all these different kinds of violence and coercion. And it's, it's a part of the story, but I feel like it, um, in the stories I've read so far, they happen at the same time in the stories. Like it's always toward the end. She's never just gonna hit you over the head with it, right? You always see it coming, especially if you know the pattern of the stories. But I do think it was this like, oh, oh, right. She did warn me there was gonna be like <laughs> something 
really horrible in this. Oh yeah. Okay. And then does it go on to a, a sexy scene fairly rapidly after that? Oh yeah. Especially since so many of these things, like, I just love that. Like, like I said, all of these missions, of course, just happen to happen, have to happen in sex clubs, like right. the first three books. Right. So yes, yeah. they're in a sex club or something violent happens or happen upon somebody doing something sexy and the violence happens. So yeah, it's an interesting juxtaposition she's got. So I'm also reading right now an advanced review copy of Gina Frangello's memoir. It's actually about her having an affair and I'm super fascinated about, she explores what the feminist components of having an affair are, but she also talks about this history with her history with BDSM and being turned on by spanking, but then also having a past of physical violence and not feeling particularly comfortable about the combination between sex and sexual interest and violence. And I think that's something that a lot of folks who, who are kinky or want to participate in something that is kinky struggle with is like, what, where is agency where feminist values in it. And this is just the fantastical component of this, you know, which is, can you pair something violent and something sexual side by side and not talk about the morality of violence, I guess, you know, or is it okay just to accept that both things exist side by side and they do rile us up in a way, you know? Yeah, I love framing it that way. And I think it comes back to the same. I feel like we keep coming back, and at least for me, to the central theme of this podcast, especially for season one, was what is feminist erotica? And for me, it was about content and creator, like context and creator, I should say, you know, like who's creating this content? And that helps me decide whether or not it's feminist. And I, I really appreciate that so much feminist erotica really is pushing on people's comfort zones. And I feel like it really, it's making us all look at the world very differently, which I feel like is one of the things that feminism is for and one of the things that erotica is for. Right. Yeah, I will also recommend, um, so interesting what you said about the feminism of affairs. Esther Perel, who I'm obsessed with, she's a psychologist and has a book about affairs called State of Affairs. That is such a good read. I highly recommend that. It is not, obviously it's not, it's nonfiction, but it's just really eye-opening about infidelity and fidelity and yeah. relationships. She quotes from it in her memoir and it, it's a lot of things that I've never thought about before and it should definitely be its own episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you again for listening. If you have thoughts on how violence and erotica or eroticism go together by all means please get in touch comment on uh posts about this episode tell us what we should be reading thanks for listening <laughs>
email us at feministerotica at rebelliousmagazine.com. Follow us on Instagram at Feminist Erotica Podcast, on Facebook at Feminist Erotica, and on Twitter at Feminist Erotic. And make sure you subscribe to us wherever you devour podcasts.